hold this devil hat on me. He ain't got no more. I've been delivered. I've been delivered. Delivered by the hand of the Lord. He saved a man I know this close to death. He gave the boy with asthma back his breath. The best miracle to see is from sin he set you free. Cause you know when Jesus set you free, you're really free indeed. I've been delivered. I've been delivered. The hold the devil had on me. He ain't got no more. I've been delivered. I've been delivered. Delivered by the hand of the Lord. He saved a man I know this close to death. He gave the boy with asthma back his breath. The best miracle to see is from sin he set you free. Cause you know when Jesus set you free, you're really free indeed. I've been delivered. I've been delivered. The hold the devil had on me. He ain't got no more. I've been delivered. I've been delivered, delivered by the hand of the Lord. I've been delivered, I've been delivered. The hold the devil had on me, he ain't got no more. I've been delivered, I've been delivered, delivered by the hand, delivered by the man, delivered by the blood. Delivered by the cleansing flood, delivered by the cross, delivered I ain't lost, delivered by the hand of the Lord. I've been delivered, the hold the devil had on me, he ain't got no more, I've been delivered, I've been delivered, delivered by the hand. Delivered by the man, delivered by the blood, delivered by the cleansing blood, delivered by the cross, delivered I ain't lost, delivered by the hand of the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. You've been delivered today. Praise God. Amen, amen, amen. I tell you, I really like what I feel, but I, I don't feel we're where God wants us to be just yet in this service. But I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. I'm just going to turn it over to the preacher because I feel like he's got something from God. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Boy, we heard from the Lord last night, and I believe that we are again today. We want Brother Booker to come and just preach to us today. Everybody say, preach to me. Numbers chapter 19. I cannot tell you how much I have enjoyed myself being here. I've, uh, I've been waited on, catered to. I've had good food served to me, brought to me. I've had my bags carried. I've had people let me sit in the front seat of the car where there's more room. I've had everybody shake my hand and 
Tell me how much they like my preaching. It's a shame I got to go home and pastor again. <laughs> Hallelujah. All good things must come to an end. Amen. But, uh, boy, you folks really know how to make somebody feel welcome. I really mean that. And uh, Brother Nance and uh, Brother Scott, Brother Charles, and your brethren, anybody that had anything to do with me coming, I want you to know I do thank you very, very much. And everybody that's here, really, you've been so kind to me. And I don't, I don't take it lightly. I really don't. You're very, very hospitable people. But uh, I tell you what it is, is the way you worship God, the way you love Him. I'm going to tell you something. The way people treat God is the way they'll treat other people. Amen. And I've watched people that mistreat people, they mistreat God. They mistreat God, they mistreat people. But if you know how to treat God, you'll know how to treat God's people. And if you know how to treat God's people, you'll know how to treat God. Hallelujah. Because we're all one big happy family. Hallelujah. Amen. And uh, so my, my hat is off to you. I do appreciate everything that you've done and you're doing and you stand for. And just keep it up. Keep on keeping on. Praise God. I want to say thank you to the sound man. So nice to have a sound man that's got the Holy Ghost. Praise God. This makes life so wonderful. Amen. This man really does have the Holy Ghost, and I thank him for it. Amen. Okay, it's uh, Saturday afternoon, and by my watch, it's 10 till 1. Hallelujah. And I, I don't know the difference between teaching and preaching. The only difference is that when I teach, I go longer. Hallelujah. And there's something about sunshine that brings out a teaching spirit in me. Amen. Night times for preaching, day times for teaching. And all that means is I start a little slower and I go a little longer. Uh, but don't let it scare you. But I do have something on my heart today I want to bring to you. I hope it's a blessing to you. I'm preaching from the depths of my heart. I'm preaching with you young people in my mind. Uh, I'm going to tell you something. I came to God when I was 19. And I was a, a drug-running hippie when God found me. And he saved me, and I'm thankful for everything and everybody he's ever brought into my life. What I'm about to preach to you, I wish, I wish somebody would have preached it to me when I first got in or when I was at that age. I think it would have helped me. I say that because I'm preaching. I hope what I have to say helps you. I want it to. I want it to. You are the church, and I do believe that our greatest days are yet to come. And I believe I'm looking at people that are going to take the baton from the hands of this generation and run with it with all of your heart. We're running. We're running. We're trying. I know this, that a, an ounce of example is worth a pound of advice. Hallelujah. And... Uh, these ministers here, we're, we're trying to give you the best examples that we can. I'm, I'm telling you, we are. 
but please take our ounces of example and get you a ton worth of experience and do the work of God and start today start now start in this time of your life and let God bless you as you run this race and so I want to help you understand maybe some things about yourself and some things about the work of God and how God will work in your life I want to begin reading at verse 1 of Numbers 19. I have a few scriptures in this chapter I want to read. And the Lord spake unto Moses and unto Aaron, saying, This is the ordinance of the law which the Lord hath commanded, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel that they bring thee a red heifer without spot, wherein is no blemish, and upon which never came yoke. And ye shall give her unto Eleazar the priest, that he may bring her forth without the camp, and one shall slay her before his face. Verse 7, Then the priest shall wash his clothes, and he shall bathe his flesh in water. And afterward he shall come into the camp, and the priest shall be unclean until the even. And he that burneth her, that red heifer, shall wash his clothes in water, and bathe his flesh in water, and shall be unclean until the even. And a man that is clean shall gather up the ashes of the heifer, and lay them up without the camp in a clean place and it shall be kept for the congregation of the children of Israel for a water of separation it is a purification for sin and he that gathereth the ashes of the heifer shall wash his clothes and be unclean until the even and it shall be even unto the children of Israel and unto the stranger that shall journeyeth among them for a statute forever verse 13 whosoever toucheth the dead body of any man that is dead and purifieth not himself defileth the tabernacle of the Lord and that soul shall be cut off from Israel because the water of separation was not sprinkled upon him he shall be unclean and his uncleanness yet upon him this is the law when a man dieth in a tent all that come into the tent and all that is in the tent shall be unclean seven days verse 19 and the clean person shall sprinkle upon the unclean on the third day and on the seventh day and on the seventh day shall he purify himself and wash his clothes and bathe himself in water and shall be clean at even. But the man that shall be unclean and shall not purify himself, that soul shall be cut off from the congregation because he hath defied, defiled the sanctuary of the Lord. The water of separation hath not been sprinkled upon him, he is unclean. And it shall be a perpetual statute unto them that he that sprinkleth the water of separation shall wash his clothes and he that toucheth the water of separation shall be unclean unto the even and whatsoever the unclean person toucheth shall be unclean and the soul that toucheth it shall be unclean until even. Amen. Let's pray and ask that the Lord would speak to the depths of our heart. God, we love you. We're mindful of your presence. I'm asking you, God, to speak to us. I'm asking you to minister, oh God, in Jesus' name, every heart, every soul, every mind. God, we need your touch. God, we need your touch. God, we need your touch. God, we need you to touch every man and every woman, every young person, every person. God, anoint your servant, I pray. God, anoint your servant. Oh God, breathe into this place. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. I love you, God. I love you, Lord. With all of my heart, with all of my soul, in Jesus' name. God bless you so very much. You may be seated. Amen. 
I remember one night I hadn't been in the church very long. As I said, I was 19 years old. And uh, the, the change that God had wrought in my life was unbelievable. Uh, if you knew my testimony, you would know. Uh, one of the biggest shocks of any of my friends that I ran with when I was a teenager, the biggest shock in their life was that I didn't end up dead, but rather ended up a preacher of the gospel. And uh, when I came to God, when He drew me to Him and He saved me, I determined by the grace of God if He'd help me do so, I wanted to live as hard for God as I did for the devil. And um, I can't say that I've kept that. I, I, I know that I'd go two and three days without a bite of food, get a dollar bill and go buy a bottle of Thunderbird wine, and a two or three day fast, amen, should be nothing in light of those things. So we try, we do our best, and uh, I know we all do. But uh, I remember I'd been in church several months. The, the first aura, those first glorious days of receiving the Holy Ghost, when I, I felt like it took me a couple of weeks before my feet even hit the ground again, that time had passed. I learned that uh, there really was a devil. I learned that I was still in human flesh. I learned that the world hadn't changed, albeit I had changed. And uh, I learned what it was to have trials and struggles and temptations. And I didn't like it because I liked Holy Ghost euphoria. And I didn't like this. And I remember one night I'd stayed at the altar and uh, way late. And then I decided, it was, I left there about... Uh, 10, 10.30 and I was walking to my home and between my house and the church if I was to take a shortcut was a cemetery in Bartlesville, Oklahoma so I went into that cemetery and I got in the, in the middle of it where the flagpole was and I got down on my knees and I began to pray and I said God I want you to hear me I am not leaving this place until you change me I'll not leave this spot until you change me. I'm going to need you to read for me, brother. And uh, so I was there at 11, praying, yea, screaming to God. I screamed so loud I could have woke the dead, but I didn't, thank God. Hallelujah. And uh, I prayed till 11.30, and I prayed to 15 to 12, and I prayed to 12, and I prayed to 12:15, and that's a long time, really praying your guts out. And I didn't feel it happening. The only thing I felt like it was getting darker in that cemetery. And uh, I began to become more and more aware of the tombstones as the time went on. And I prayed harder and harder. And I said, God, I'm not leaving till you change me. And Long about 12.30, I got up and brushed off my knees, and I said, God, you have to do it later, I guess. And I boogied out of that place. And I went home. And uh, go to Romans 8, brother. I didn't, I, I wasn't sure what it was I wanted until several years later, 
it dawned on me what it was I wanted that night. Exactly what I wanted. Brother Dudley, read verse 23. This is what I long for. And not only they, and not only they, but ourselves also, but ourselves also, which have the first fruit, which have the Holy Ghost, the first fruits of the Spirit, of the Spirit, even we ourselves, even we ourselves, grown within ourselves, grown within ourselves. What are we groaning for? Waiting for the waiting adoption. for the adoption to wit, to wit. The redemption, the redemption of our bodies. Of our bodies. What it was. My spirit had been redeemed. My soul had been redeemed. I'd repented. I'd been baptized in Jesus' name. God had filled me with the Holy Ghost. And the glory was there. But what I didn't realize is that while my soul and spirit had been redeemed, my body had not yet been redeemed. I had this treasure in an earthen vessel. And the reason I was around the flagpole in the cemetery that night was because what I really wanted was a new body. I wanted a body that would never be tempted. I wanted a body that would never be drawn aside. I wanted a body, amen, that there would be nothing for the devil to even reach for. There was something inside of me. This corruption was crying out to put on incorruption. And this mortality was crying out for immortality. And that's why Paul said we ourselves groan within ourselves waiting for the adoption to with the redemption of our body. Young people, I'm going to tell you something. It's a revelation. Amen. Your soul's been redeemed. Your spirit's been redeemed. But your body has not been redeemed. And it won't be until one of these days in the moment in the twinkling of an eye hallelujah no more trials no more tears no more sorrow friend it's going to be changed Woo! and heaven's going to be a wonderful place let me tell you something about the tabernacle the tabernacle held the Shekinah glory of almighty God it was there Amen. When they dedicated it, the glory cloud filled that place. Amen. In an awesome way. When the temple was dedicated, the glory cloud filled that house to where the priest couldn't even minister for the glory. But I'm going to tell you something. Even in the tabernacle and even in the temple, you could have your head in the glory cloud and you could hear the fluttering of angels' wings, but your feet were still standing on terra firma. You had your feet on the ground. Amen. And we can have our heart and our mind and our hands and our head in the glory of God. But I'm going to tell you something. When you leave this place, honey, you're still in terra firma. You're still in the world. You're not of the world, but you're in the world. And you're carrying a body, amen, that's not yet been redeemed. And the excellency, the treasure that you have is in an earthen vessel it's an earthen vessel those days and I, I trust they still are I don't I don't think that my senses in these areas have been dulled 
but who knows their hearts you know I don't think they have but I know in those days I was so 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 careful I examined every thought I put under a microscope everything I did to examine it for every motive I checked everything out six ways from Sunday I couldn't even hardly move for checking myself out because I wanted to do everything just right I wanted to be so careful I remember the first church that I pastored and, and it wasn't idealism but that I still had that with me I still had that with me and I'll never forget a precious saint of God Amen. A pastor's wife, she's in her 60s. She has prayed. I've been in church 20 years now plus, And she has prayed for me every day for 20 years. She's prayed hours on end for me. She has spent some days 12 hours in prayer. And I've been hooked up with a lot of those hours. But I'll never forget one day she looked at me. She said, Larry Booker said, you're driving yourself and everybody else crazy said you're such a perfectionist you want everything so perfect in your life and you want everything so just right amen and because it's not you're driving yourself crazy and because you're such a perfectionist you're driving everybody in your family crazy and you're driving everybody in the church crazy hallelujah and when she said it it was like a lightning bolt went to my heart and I knew it was true of myself I expected and anything that wiggled less than that it just drove me up the wall drove me up the wall I mean just the other day I'm gonna take my time folks I was uh, I was uh, teaching some young people and there was a young man there from New Zealand I don't even know his name but he's, he's come over from New Zealand and uh, I asked him what he did over there, and he said he worked with sheep till he got in the church. He said, I wasn't really good at it. New Zealand is big for raising wool. He said, the only th I said, what did you do? He said, well, I, I sheared sheep. And uh, I said, really? He said, yeah. He said, I could do about 100 a day. And I thought, wow, that's really something. He said, yeah, but at the end of the day, I was totally, totally exhausted, thoroughly exhausted. I said, well, I can imagine. He said, oh, no, no. He said, guys that are good can take care of three to 400 sheep a day. I said, do what? He said, yeah, three to 400 sheep a day. He said, they get those sheep. They come out of the trough to them. They have the electric uh, shears and said, he said, that, that sheep starts to move to the left. They just kind of move with him and they, and they hold it and it starts to move to the right. They don't get up to said sometimes the sheep will do a flip. said if it does a flip, it just gets down on one knee and just keeps shaving. said it comes off in long strips. The sheep never gets one nick on him. They move with that thing. They don't get up tight. They just... Next. Roll. Next. Said they do three to four hundred a day. Said I do a hundred and at the end of the day I'm shot. I thought, oh my God. That's the way I've been pastoring. Every little move. Every little deal. Up, up, up. A little to the left. Up, up. 
I get little clumps here, little clumps there, and poor sheep get nicks all over them. Hallelujah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the title of my message. Then I'm going to go back to my subject. We've heard about overcoming the world. And we better hear that preached till the day we're raptured or die one. We've heard about overcoming the devil. And we better hear that preached till the day we die or are raptured one. We've heard about overcoming the flesh. And we better hear that preached till the day we die or the day we're raptured. I want to preach today on this subject. Overcoming humanity. Overcoming humanity. Amen. In my early days, I remember reading through the Bible the first time. I remember reading these scriptures about, uh, and I was so in tune to every word. And it began to talk about how the priest would take the red heifer without spot or blemish, and how that they would take it forth out of the camp, and they would slay it, and etc., etc. And then it said, the priest had to wash his clothes and wash his flesh and burn it because he was unclean. And that word, wow, unclean. You know, I equated the word unclean with the word that the lepers had to utter as they were going down the road of life. If they saw anybody, they'd have to say, unclean, unclean. And the people would hear the word unclean and say, oh, have mercy, that's a leper. And they'd take off. And leprosy is always a type of sin in the Bible. And so when I read that this priest was unclean and he had to wash his flesh and wash his clothes and he was unclean until the even. Boy, that's, that's bad. Then he that took the red heifer and burned it up, he was unclean. Had to wash his flesh and wash his clothes. Wow. And then the man that would take the ashes and take them out to a separate place. He was unclean. And he'd have to wash his flesh and wash his clothes. Unclean and even. Now these individuals were doing the work of God. Hello? They were doing the work of God. And they became unclean in the process. Go to uh, Leviticus. Seventeen. And uh, Brother Nance, why don't you go to Leviticus eleven? He went on to talk in this chapter about how if a man was dead. Amen. The tent wherein he died, everything within the tent was unclean. And if you touched anything, you became unclean. And you had to wash your flesh and wash your clothes. You were unclean unto the even. Amen. And the Bible went on to say that the soul that did not cleanse himself would be cut off from the congregation. Okay. There's other things. In Leviticus chapter 15, amen, Brother Nance, begin reading at verse 5. Yes, Leviticus 15. Oh, did I? Okay. You go, you go to the left. 
Yes, 15 and 5. Listen to this. And whosoever toucheth his bed. Whosoever. Now this is someone that has a running issue. The Bible says if somebody has a running issue, he is unclean. And he's got to wash his flesh, wash his clothes. He's unclean until the evening. Amen. And whoever touches his bed is unclean. Right. Read. And whosoever toucheth his bed shall wash his clothes and bathe himself in water and be unclean until the even. He's unclean until the even. And he that sitteth on anything he whereon he sat. Sits on anything wherein that man sat. That hath the issue. That hath the issue. Shall wash his clothes. He's got to wash his clothes. And bathe himself in water. Bathe himself in water. And be unclean until unclean the even. Unclean until the even. Read. And he that toucheth the flesh of him that hath the issue shall wash his clothes and bathe himself in water, and be unclean until the even. Read. And if he that hath the issue spit upon him that is clean. I hope to tell you. Then he shall wash his clothes, and bathe himself in water. That guy spits on you, mark it up. You're unclean. And be unclean until the even. You're unclean until the evening. You wash your flesh, you wash your clothes. And it goes on down and talks about many other things that constituted becoming unclean. I don't mean to be, I don't want to get tacky here, but I'm just going to tell you something. Normal marital relationships were considered in this category. The individuals had to wash their flesh, wash their clothes. They weren't clean until the even. Amen. Even, and I don't mean to be right, but I'm going to tell you something. Even individuals, ladies, amen, certain times of the month, they were unclean until they washed their flesh and washed their clothes. They were unclean until the even. And it goes on down and it says, the soul that does not wash their flesh and wash their clothes, amen, through that rite of purification, that soul shall be cut off from the congregation of God. Now, I'd read that and I'd think, oh, God, help us who can be saved. That's unbelievable. In Leviticus 11, he talks there about what is clean and unclean animals. Something to be considered a clean animal had to split the hoof and chew the cud in order to be clean. And it named animals, amen, that uh, were considered clean. The cattle were clean. They chewed cud, amen, and they split the hoof. Sheep were clean. They split the hoof and chewed the cud. Other animals were not. They could split the hoof, but if they did not chew the cud, they were unclean, such as the pig. Amen. Didn't chew the cud, so it was unclean. And he named the rabbit and the, the hare, the coney. Amen. He said they chewed the cud, but they don't split the hoof. Therefore, they're unclean. He said, well, I didn't know rabbits chewed the cud. Well, they do. But I'm not going to tell you how to do it. You go find that out yourself. Go to the library or whatever. But anyway, they chew the cud. But the Bible said they were considered unclean. A dog was considered unclean because it didn't chew the cud or split the hoof. A camel was considered unclean because though it chewed the cud, it only split the hoof halfway. Now, this is an entire other Bible study, so I'm just going to throw it in here for your consideration. Amen. In order for something to be clean in God's sight, it had to have an outward sign and an inward sign. In order for God to say something's clean, it's got to be right on the outside and it's got to be right on the inside. Hallelujah. Amen. A dog in Scripture typifies a sinner. They're not clean on the inside. They're not clean on the outside. And they don't claim to be, honey. All they are is a sinner. Amen. A hog is a hypocrite. They chew the cut on the inside. Or on the outside, they look right. But on the inside, they don't chew the cut and they're not right. They're a hypocrite. Amen. And that coney is the type of the world. Quote, 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 such a thing. If there's such a thing, Christian. Amen. That chews the cut, but they're not right on the outside. 
and the camel's not right because it only goes part way. I'm going to tell you something. If you're going to be right with God, as far as outward appearance, honey, go all the way. Go all the way. Don't see how close you can look like the world and think God's going to say it's okay. It's like the camel. God rejected it. It was only right part way. Amen. But the Bible goes on to say that if you touch the carcass of any one of these animals, you are unclean. And you had to wash your flesh and wash your clothes and you were unclean until the even. And if you didn't do it, that soul would be cut off from the congregation. Now, the rabbis taught, and I believe it had to be this way, that this cutting off from the congregation was not something that they did because there's no way they could keep up with it all. It was too big for them. Uh, you know, I mean, what are you going to do? I heard you went to your father's funeral. He was in the tent, wasn't he? Yes. Did you touch anything in that tent? Yes. Did you wash your flesh and wash your clothes? I, 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 no, no, get out, hit it. Or, going up to a married couple, do you folks wash your flesh, wash your clothes? I, I, you're out of here. You guys have to connect the dots. You understand. The Bible said if you stepped on a grave, if you stepped on a grave, as you walk through a cemetery, if you stepped on a grave, you were unclean. You had to wash your flesh and wash your clothes. You're unclean to the even. And if you didn't do it, you were cut off from the children of Israel. Who did the cutting off? The rabbi said only God could judge all of that. They said, but God is the perfect judge. And they said, this is the way that he had to work in it. These things, understand all of these things that I've named, are not sin. They're not sin. Hebrews chapter E9. Somebody get that, please. Hebrews 9. Read verse 22. First one there. And, all, and almost all things. Almost. Everybody say almost. Almost all, all things, things are by the law. Are by the law purged purged with blood. With blood. And without shedding of blood. Without shedding of blood. There's no remission. There's no remission. He didn't say all things were purged by blood. He said almost all things. There were some things that were not purged with blood. But without shedding of blood, there is no remission of what? Sin. Remission of sin. Honey, anytime there's a sin against God Almighty, there's only one thing that'll ever take care of any sin that's ever been committed in the world. It's got to have the blood of Jesus. These items that I've named and many more, amen, these were items that did not require turtle doves. They didn't require bullocks. They didn't require goats or lambs. They required that they wash their flesh and wash their clothes and they were unclean until the even. And then they were okay. 
But the Bible also said if they didn't do it, they would be cut off from the congregation. And the rabbi said they couldn't do it. It was too much. They would have to set up a line every day and line everybody in Israel up and say, did you, did you, did you, up, missed it, you're out of here, did you, no, yep, you're out of here, did you, yep, left, did you, right, did you, right, did you, left. But they said, God knows all, and God sees all. And this was their reasoning. If people would look at these scriptures and disregard them, because, oh man, that's stupid. You mean I've got to wash my flesh and wash my clothes? That's stupid. I'm not going to do that. It don't make no sense to me. God took note of that. And it was that little tiny bit of rebellion. I don't care how small the scripture seemed to be to them. If they disregarded that, there was something innate in their heart that after a while, they could disregard other scriptures. And after a while, they could make light of other scriptures. And after a while, it didn't matter if it was sin or not. They'd say, I don't have to do it. I don't need to do it. And when they get to that place, honey, they are cut off. That's why sometimes, amen, a man of God will preach something. Amen. He's saying, look, folks, we got to take care of it. we got some barnacles on the ship. They may not be stopping the boat. They may, may not causing us to lose our steering, but we're getting some barnacles, and it's time to get them off. And some people think, hey, friend, it's not spelled out in the Word of God. I don't have to do it. You better watch out, sir. Amen. You're getting an attitude. Amen. That God, after a while, you'll disregard everything else in the book. And you'll get to the place your attitude will cut you off. I've seen folks walk the borderline. They've just got an attitude. You know, it's like prove everything you say. Honey, we're living in the 20th century. Fixing to go into the 21st. And if you ever sat up and paid attention to a Holy Ghost filled preacher, you better sit up and pay attention now. Hallelujah. And we better be hearing what the Spirit is saying unto the churches. Hallelujah. Amen. God said they will be cut off from the congregation. These things were not sin, but they had to be washed. Let me ask you a question. Is it a sin not to take a shower or a bath? Is it? I hope to God it's not. Is it? I mean, if it's a sin, excuse me, I'll be back in a few minutes. Is it a sin to go one day without a shower? No. How about two? How about three? How about a week? Is it a sin? Maybe not, but after a while, honey, you're going to be cut off. You're going to be cut off from the congregation. Amen. It's no sin I take a shower, but honey, you've got to get your flesh washed. You've got to get your clothes washed. Amen. There's something about it. Now just stick with me. Hallelujah. 
We're talking about overcoming humanity. Overcoming humanity. Go to John 15. Brother Nance, go to Ephesians 5. And go to Titus 3. Hallelujah. There's something about living for God. I remember those early days. Amen. Sitting on the edge of my seat. Hanging on to every word come out of the man of God's mouth. Going home reading my Bible vociferously. Praying constantly. It was glorious. I didn't do anything else. Then I had to get a job. And the problem was, not everybody that I worked with had the Holy Ghost. It'd been nice, but they didn't. That means they didn't talk about things that I like to talk about. That means my ears were subject to things that I didn't want to hear. But I couldn't help overhearing it. Every now and then, stick with me, you know, you'd hear a joke that'd make you blush. Oh. That's terrible. And later on in the day, you're putting stuff up, something up in the shelf and you giggle. Oh, that's terrible. And it is. But it did strike you funny. So you say, God help me. God help me. God help me. But isn't it funny how them bad jokes will linger in your mind for years and you forget the good ones like that? You're in a restaurant. You did not put the money in that jukebox. You didn't slip a nickel, dime, or quarter in there to hear that old song you used to listen to and use in the world. You don't listen to that stuff no more. Amen. That's out of business. Those days are over and gone. You don't even listen, amen, to the new revised gospel rendition of it. You just, that's over. It's gone. It's yesterday. But you're sitting in the restaurant and somebody across the room put it in. Or the proprietors played it. So, you're going down the road, don't think nothing about it, and all of a sudden, guess what? You're humming. You're cheating hard. God, I don't want that! You know? Amen. Driving down the road minding your own business. Loving God. And somebody has thrown up a billboard. Trying to sell a bar of soap. And all it took was a split second. Oh God, help me. But it's there. Stamp. And so you go through your days. Let me tell you something. You know what that's called? It's called living in this world. Paul said, look, I'm going to put it to you this way. If you were going to get away from every fornicator in the world, he said you'd have to leave the planet. Read it for yourself. We must needs leave the world. He said, but I'm telling you to shun the fornicators that are supposed to be in the church. Don't even have dinner with them. Amen. I can't take care of the world 
but I can take care of my fellowship. Amen. I can't help what they put on the billboard, but I can help what I bring into my house. Hallelujah. David said, I will walk within my house with a perfect heart. I don't care what's out there in the world. I don't have to bring that junk into my home. My house is my Holy Ghost castle. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But in the process of life, you meet it, you see it, you feel it. You know what it is? It's touching carcasses of unclean animals. It's gone through life, amen, with running issues and getting spit upon by people with running issues verbally, being assaulted with their jokes and their music and everything else. You feel like you've been spit on. You say, I feel unclean. And the Bible says, honey, you are. That's why, amen, we leave church Sunday night feeling, wow. And by the time we get there Wednesday night, you just, did you sin? No. Did you cheat? No. Did you lie? No. Did you put the... Why do you feel so dirty? I don't know. I feel like I need a bath. I've been rubbing shoulders with the world. They don't talk right. They don't think right. They don't act right. They don't live right. They don't love anything right. It's unclean. It's dirty. It's filthy. Amen. Ephesians chapter 5. Begin reading verse 26. That he might sanctify. He's got a church that he's going to sanctify. He said that he might sanctify it. And cleanse it. And cleanse it. Give it a bath. With the washing of the water. With the washing of the water. We're unclean, but we've got to be washed with water. He's going to cleanse the bride with the washing of the water. By the word. By the word. Word of God. Yes, the Word of God. 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 He is going to wash me by the washing of the water. By the Word. Hallelujah. By the washing of the water, by the Word. Read. 
that he might present it that to he himself. might present it to himself a glorious church a glorious church not having spot not having spot or wrinkle or wrinkle or any such or thing, any such thing but that it should be holy, holy and without blemish without blemish how does he do it you come is it a sin to go a day without a shower no two Three, getting pretty gamey. Is it a sin to not have church on Monday night? No. Is it a sin not to have to not have church on Tuesday? Hope not. Maybe. But I'm gonna tell you something. We get pretty gamey by the time Wednesday night comes. Have we fallen play pray? To the world, the flesh of the devil? No. What is it we got to overcome? Humanity. 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 Let me ask you something. My boys, they're getting better now. My 15-year-old loves, you know, he's, he always said, I don't like girls. I don't want no girlfriend. I just said, pop. Your automatic pilot will kick in one of these days. All of a sudden, he cares about dirt behind his ears. He never cared before. What he wore two years ago was nothing. He don't care. Today, automatic pilot has kicked in there was a day I had to drag that dude to get him to take a bath not now couldn't get him to comb his hair don't have to worry about it now but he's got a little 11 year old brother he's got a 13 year old brother in between that's in that transition time he gets groomed up depending on who he's going to see there, you know. The 11-year-old, he was gamey one day. I went in to wake him up. I went down to hug him. I come away, man. Woo. I said, do yourself in the school a favor. Get in there and take a shower. Day's coming, I won't have to tell him that. But for now, he come out of the shower one day, his hands was filthy. You know how the arms can get right here filth? He come out of there one day, and it was still there. I said, did you take a shower? He said, I did. I said, did you use soap? He said, no. <laughs> All right, let's try it again. Let's hit it one more time. Take a little soap in there. If it don't work this time, I'm coming in with a brush. Amen. Now, that, that morning I found him in the bed, in that condition. He had not went out and found a hog pen somewhere and wallered in it. 
You don't have to get out in the world and waller in the slime in order to need a shower. In just living, you need a shower. Just living, honey. You don't need to go out and wallow in the muck and the mire. You don't need to go out, amen, and sing their songs. You don't need to go out, amen, and commit their sins. Just living. Just living. You'll come to the house of God and something inside is saying, I feel like I need a good bath. And because he loves you, he gave you an apostolic church. And he gave you an apostolic pastor. And he breaks out the word of God. And he begins to preach to you the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. And there's something about it. When you're hearing the word of the Lord preach, when you get done, you just feel a little cleaner. You just feel a little better. Amen. You feel like you got some gunk washed off of you. Hallelujah. And then you meet these people that say, I don't need church. I don't need church to be saved. And you don't ever need a bath either. People that don't need church that miss their Washings start to stink after a while. They really do. There's just something about it. Spiritually, they start to get gamey. They get an edge on them. They get an attitude. They get a chip. Amen. And you say, hey, what would you miss the church for, brother? I had stuff to do. Oh. Oh. I see. Yeah. Well, if they miss a few services, do you say, you're cut off, get out. Well, it depends what else they're doing. But I'm going to tell you something. If they keep it up, you won't have to say nothing. Because God's looking on. And He makes the judgment calls. And He sees an attitude there that it disregards the assembling of themselves together as the manner of some is. Amen. And they are willfully sinning when you miss church. You hear me? Amen. Willfully missing church is willful sin. I'm not talking about if you can't help it or something like that. I'm talking about willful missing church is willful sin. Amen. But I don't care if it's by accident. Amen. You let it go too long. And after a while, something's going to get the canker on your spirit. Amen. You say, but ah, preacher, I'm not running in the bars. I'm not telling lies. I'm not committing sin. I'm not drinking. No, but you're not getting your daily bath. You're not getting washed. You're not getting washed with the water of the Word. Amen. And it's not by the works of righteousness which we have done, but it's according to His mercy that He saved us by the washing, by the washing of regeneration and renewing, 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 renewing of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. It's not good enough to say I got the Holy Ghost 15 years ago and I haven't talked in tongues since. 
I want you to know when we come to the house of God, amen, we hear the word of the Lord and we dig in and we say, oh, wash me, scrub me, amen. Lay it on me, pastor. I need it behind the ears. Come on, Lord. Jesus began to wash the feet of the disciples one night. Simon Peter looked on. He said, you'll never wash my feet. He ain't going to do that to me. Jesus said, if I don't wash your feet, you don't have any part in me. He said, Lord, here's my hands. Here's my head. Here's my feet. Here's my body. I want you to wash me. I want you to wash me. I want you to wash me. Hallelujah. John 15. Listen to verse 33. Now you are clean. Now you are clean. Now. Now. You are clean. You are clean. Through, through the word, the word which I, which I have spoken to you, have spoken to you. Now you're clean because of the word that's been spoken to you. Let me tell you something, folks. In the process of living, young people, listen to me. This glory that God's given you, it's in an earthen vessel. You go through trials and you go through tribulations. And I'd be a fool to tell you that you don't and you won't. You will. But I'm going to tell you something. You can overcome the world. You can overcome the flesh. You can overcome the devil. Amen. But don't let your humanity foul you up. Amen. The way you overcome all of that, you got to keep coming to the house of God. You got to keep going to the house of God. You got to keep walking. You got to keep walking. Hallelujah. Let's stand. There was a little Shulamite maiden. She began in the Song of Songs. She said, oh, my beloved. He brought me into the banqueting house. Go to, go to Song of Solomon. Hallelujah. She started out, it was so beautiful. You can sing a lot of songs. You can walk a lot of paths. Solomon strayed from what he knew. His feet slipped from the path of the house of God. David said, my feet had well nigh slipped till I went to the house of God and I saw. You know what happened to David? His humanity was getting the best of him. But he went to the house of God and he got a bath and then he could see therein. Solomon wrote the book, Ecclesiastes, 24 times in 12 chapters. Actually, 36 times in 12 chapters. He said, Vanity of vanities, saith the preacher, all is vanity and vexation of spirit. You know what happened to Solomon? He let himself go too long without being washed by the water of the Word. And his humanity crept up on him. I was up holding a revival in Oregon one time. There was a big cove and those, those beautiful, beautiful, beautiful beaches. There was a real high wall and pine trees and there was a cove down there. And, and there was water. The ocean would come in 
And my wife, we hadn't been much to the ocean. I live there now, but I hadn't then. And she wanted some seawater to send back to my father in Colorado. He wanted it for medicinal purposes, whatever. Anyway, she had a gallon jug. She wanted the water, but she didn't want to get wet. So the, the tide, the water would come in, she'd try to get it, and then she'd chase it out. And then the big wave would come, so she'd run back. And I was standing up there laughing. It was so funny. And a native of the area come up to me, and he was watching my wife. He was laughing too. He said, uh, he said, really, that's a very treacherous cove. I said, really? He said, yeah. He said, this area in here has what they call sleeper tides. He said, what a sleeper tide does is the wave comes in. It's not big. It's not scary. It comes in and it just keeps coming. It just keeps coming. And it comes and hits the rocks. And you think, oh, it's a big wave. But it doesn't stop. It just keeps, keeps coming. Keeps coming. He said, there have been many a fisherman there. The sleeper tide comes. And it just starts building around their feet. And by the time it gets up to their knees, they know there's something wrong here. And they try to get out, but while they're moving to get out, it's coming, coming, coming. And it's getting too high for them. It's getting too big for them. And they've gone too long. And then when the sleeper tide leaves, just as quietly as it comes, it sweeps back out to sea. And it sucks everything out to sea that has been engulfed by it. I'm going to tell you something. That's the way humanity creeps up on people. Humanity. Humanity! Normal life, living, your job, your work. Amen. I'm just taking a little bit of time here. That's the reason vacations can be such a wreck. You hear me? Vacations can be such a wreck because people get out there. Amen. They're not cussing. They're not screaming. They're not drinking. They're not running around. But they're just out there for a few weeks with nothing but their humanity. And they're too tired to go to church this Saturday, this Sunday. You know what I'm saying? And they don't realize there's a sleeper tide coming in on them. Humanity. 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 And if they're not careful, they've watched it suck people right out to sea. Because they went too long without getting a bath of the Word of God. That little maiden, she started out with such promise. He kissed her with the kiss of his lips. His love was better than wine. She got the kiss of the Holy Ghost. His name was like ointment poured out. She was baptized, got the Holy Ghost. Everything was good. He brought her into the house. The banner was love. He was so fair to her. After a while, Amen. Her feet hit the ground. She wasn't feeling like she was walking in the clouds anymore. She was left with her humanity. She hadn't lied. She hadn't cheated. She hadn't sinned. She hadn't run around. She just felt like this. She goes, they made me a keeper of the vineyard. But my own vineyard, I can't even keep straight. What is it? I'll tell you what it is, maiden. Your soul's redeemed. Your spirit's redeemed. But you've got that treasure in an earthen vessel. And it's got to be washed. Washed, washed all the time. 
Finally, she said, oh, where is the place of your rest? Where is the place of thy feeding? Why should I be as one that turneth aside by the flocks of thy companions? She said, oh, God, I don't want to be like one of those that leaves you. I don't want to backslide. I don't want to leave God. I want to go all the way to glory. He looked down on her. He said, Oh, thou fairest, my beloved, my altogether lovely one, if you really don't know what you need to do to stay in church, he said, Go thy way forth or forward by the footsteps of the flock. You know how you stay saved, young people? You keep walking in the footsteps of the flock. Amen. Amen. If it's Tuesday and Thursday service, it's Tuesday night. The flock is going to church. I'm going to church. Why are you going to church? I'm going to get washed. Amen. I'm going to get my flesh washed. I'm going to get my clothes washed. Amen. I'm going to get washed. I've been in the world a couple of days. I need washed. Hallelujah. Thursday night. Well, where are you going? I'm going to the church house. I'm going to get washed. Amen. Or Wednesday night. Where are you going? I'm going to the church house. I'm going to get washed. I'm going forth by the footsteps of the flock. Amen. The flock goes to pray. Where are you going? I'm going to pray. The flock goes to fast. Where are you going? I'm going to fast. Flock goes to Bible study. Where are you going? I'm going to Bible study. Go that way forward by the footsteps of the flock. And feed thy kids. The little ones. Kids are goat sinners. Get them. Find them. And feed them by the shepherd's tent. Get your mind off yourself and your problems. Start winning some souls. And you keep close touch with the shepherd. What you do in reaching out, keep close touch with the shepherds. Feed the kids by the shepherd's tent. Don't lose base with the man of God. He said, and you know what? I'll make you great. Young person, you know what he's telling you? I'll use you. You won't succumb to yourself. You won't succumb to the world, the flesh of the devil. You won't succumb to your humanity. I'm going to keep you. I'm going to use you, young person. I'm going to lay my hand on you. I'm going to lead you forth, and you're going to see my goodness in your life. Young person, he loves you this afternoon. He loves you more than you've ever dreamed. He knows you're human. He knows the things you fight. He knows the things you face. He knows them. Amen. And I'm going to tell you something. Amen. That's one reason I believe he wants you to hear what you're hearing today. Bring all that gets on you to the house of God and say, God, I need a bath. And be faithful and get yourself scrubbed over and over and over and over and over and over again. Let's lift our hands and love Him. I love you, Jesus. I love you, my God. I love you, my God. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Oh, young people. Oh, young people. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open up the front here, the altar area. 
And I'm going to say this as I ask you to come. That you would come down today. And if you haven't fully grasped maybe all that I've said, you'd ask the Holy Ghost to give you a full revelation. Amen. That God loves you so much that if you just hang on and be faithful, you don't have to worry about the world, flesh, and the devil, and He'll take care of your humanity. He'll wash you. He'll wash you. He'll wash you. But you've got to keep coming, and you've got to stay faithful. And God's going to see you all the He knows your trials. He knows your fears. He knows everything that you face. But I'm telling you, He's got the answer for every problem you've got. He's going to see you, young person, all the way through to glory. He'll wash you over and over and over again. Wherever you are, whoever you are, if you'd like to just come up here and say, Lord God, again, I'm committing myself to you. I want you to know I'm going to be there. I'm going to be available. You're going to wash me. We're going to go all the way. God, I'm going to see you in glory. I'm going to do your will all the days of my life. Young people, wherever you are, Come on down here. You can kneel. You can stand. That's up to you. Amen. But commit yourself to the Lord God. Amen. If you come, you're not saying you're backslid. If you come, you're saying, I don't ever want to backslide. I want my Jesus to wash me. I want my Savior to cleanse me. I want my God to purify me again and again and again and again. Come on, young person. Come on, young people. That's right. That's right. That's right. He loves you. He loves you today. He loves you today. He loves you today. He cares about you today. Give your life, your heart, your future to Him. That's it, young person. Come on down. He understands you. He knows where you're at. He's going to help you all the way to glory. Oh, let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. Oh, he loves you. He's here to help you. Come on, friend. Hallelujah. Parents, what do you say we pray with these? Find our loved ones. Find these young people we love and care about. Let's lay a hand on their shoulder. Lay a hand on their head. Let's pray with them. Let's believe God for them. Oh, Jesus. Yes. Yes, Jesus.
That's right, young person. Pour your heart out to Jesus. Yes, he loves you. He's going to see you all the way to glory. He's there for you. He's going to see you all the way to glory. That's right. That's right.
Pull your heart out. He's hearing you. He loves you. He loves you. Yes, he's listening. He cares. He knows. Oh, yes, Jesus. I will be a 
Jesus told me every time.